0: We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Welcome to the Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby
1: Tennessee podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative of Perinatal Quality Care. My name is Patti Scott and I am the Infant Quality Improvement Specialist for TIPQC, I'm also a neonatal nurse practitioner who works here in the Nashville area with Pediatrics Medical Group. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Susan Campbell. Dr. Campbell is a recently retired neonatologist who practiced in the Tennessee area for many, many years, but she's also certified as a lactation consultant. Dr. Campbell has been a strong advocate for breastfeeding, and this love has extended to her current position as the executive director for Mother's Milk Bank of Tennessee. If you're not familiar with the milk bank, you are in for a real treat today as we listen to Dr. Campbell. Now, we all know that Mother's Milk is the best nutrition for newborns, but some babies in Tennessee don't have access to their Mother's Milk. The Mother's Milk Bank of Tennessee is a 501c3 nonprofit milk bank dedicated to providing safe, pasteurized donor human milk to the most vulnerable babies. Dr. Campbell, it is wonderful to see you. I worked with Dr. Campbell for many, many years, so it is a pleasure to get to ask her questions.
2: Thank you, Patty. I really appreciate this opportunity to share with pediatricians and OB providers around our state and others who may be very interested in this topic to know what exactly is a milk bank and what we're doing and why we're doing it. So as Patty mentioned, I was practicing neonatology in the Middle Tennessee area for over 30 years. And all along that time, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to touch little babies' lives and help them thrive. When I had to retire because of a retinal issue with my most important right eye, I, at that point, was ready to go full-time as the executive director for the milk Bank. This is a project that I've been working on since actually 2010, when Dr. Dan Reddy introduced all of us with TIPQC on the importance of breast milk in the NICU. He started providing breast pumps for mothers in the NICU, and this really decreased the incidence of necrotizing enterocolitis in their NICU there at Regional One and Le Because of that, Both he and I really became loud mouths, if you will, about wanting to have a milk bank in the state of Tennessee. Milk banks have been in existence for quite a while, and we are actually accredited by the Himbana Association, which is the Human Milk Banking Association of North America. We are the 31st milk bank in their consortium. The reason that we wanted to do this for Tennessee was a lot of our hospitals are using donor milk from other milk banks around the country. But I recently spoke with the nutrition director at Vanderbilt, and he told us that he often had to spend hours or have lots of his staff spending hours calling around the country trying to find donor milk for their babies. So. They have been absolutely one of our best customers and are very happy that now we have a milk bank locally in the state of Tennessee that can serve their baby's needs. We've recognized that there was a need for a milk bank all that time, and when I decided that I wanted to do a project like this, I obtained my IBCLC, or my lactation consultancy, in 2012. But it wasn't until 2014 that we actually attempted to incorporate the milk bank to have one in Tennessee. When my husband and I went to do that, our lawyer told us that we couldn't because someone already had the name. So when we went to do some investigation, we discovered that Helen and Brister Scott had been working for Dr. Dan Reddy in Memphis to see if they couldn't establish the milk bank in 2014. So they beat us by a few months. And when we met them, they're just a delightful couple, very committed to breastfeeding across the state and helping babies to thrive. We decided to collaborate. And ever since, we have been co-founders of the Mother's Milk Bank of Tennessee. In 2015, we became members of Himbana, And they understood that we were going to attempt to start a milk bank in the state. So because of that, they assigned us a mentor milk bank, which was Austin, Texas. Austin donated the first two freezers for our milk drop depots. And a lot of folks don't know the difference between a milk drop depot and an actual milk bank. The Milk Drop Depot is basically a collection center, a place where moms can bring their frozen milk once they've been approved by the milk bank as a donor. They can bring their milk, and that is a collection site only. So from the time of 2015, when we opened the first drop-off depots, first in Nashville at Nashville General Hospital, and the second in uh, at regional one. So we still were collaborating between Nashville and Memphis to get this going. From that time in 2015 until 2019, we were able to open 12 drop-off depots throughout the state. And during that time, those 12 drop-off depots were able to send over a half a million ounces of milk to Austin to be pasteurized. So the difference between a milk bank and a milk bank drop-off depot is the milk bank itself is a very expensive proposition. I wish you could see the facility because I'm actually broadcasting from it right now. But behind me is a $250,000 facility, and we are super, super careful with the way that we handle this precious commodity, this donor milk that moms have worked so hard to collect and want to see it used to help other babies.
1: So my first question, Dr. Campbell, you have worked tirelessly to bring this milk bank to fruition. I'm curious to know what was the biggest challenge that you faced in this project?
2: That is a great question, Patty, and it is still the greatest challenge. And Mm -hmm. I mentioned the cost of the facility, the greatest challenge has been fundraising. That's something they don't teach you in medical school. And so it's (laughs) difficult trying to explain to folks, first of all, what a milk bank even is. I think we're doing a lot better with that today. We have now a marketing director who is just an amazing woman, and she has put together beautiful brochures for us, and we're spreading the word. I understand that our donor screener, the director of that program, Angela Plunkett, attended lactation consultation meeting last evening and she had taken a couple of packets, which is probably about 500 of those square cards, and they all disappeared. She Mm -hmm. said every lactation consultant wanted to have some to explain to their mothers what we're doing and how they can help us. So we're doing fantastic with moms. The moms in Tennessee are absolutely amazing. We love you. We love our donors. They're just amazing women. They put this milk aside for their own babies, and when the baby has filled the freezer up and not obviously going to be able to drink all of that, they don't want it to go to waste because they worked so hard to get it. And so to find that they have a resource, a place where they can – Donate that milk and know that it's going to save babies' lives is really important to them. Most people know, like you mentioned, that breastfeeding is the best early nutrition for babies. They don't always know that it's actually the first immunization for babies. It's not just a formula, quote-unquote, if you will, because it contains living cells if it's the mom's own milk. It contains antibodies. It contains proteins that protect the baby and line the intestinal tract to protect against the serious intestinal disease that you and I both are totally afraid of, and that is necrotizing enterocolitis. And what we found is that, and it's not just us, I mean, we have the backing of the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the College of OBGYN, they all recognize that if a mom can't provide her own milk for her baby, that the next best thing is pasteurized, safe donor human milk. So that's kind of our reason for being. One of the prompts for me to go into this was seeing those little babies struggle with necrotizing enterocolitis. And folks may not be aware of what that is. It's a horrible intestinal problem. Where the baby can lose part of their bowel if it pass, you know, if it dies, and have to have surgery and have large resections of their bowel, which leaves them with lifetime lifetime issues with their intestines, or it can lead to the baby dying. And I've had the situation where mom ran out of breast milk, and her baby was given an artificial substitute feeding. And within 12 hours was dead, which is just devastating when the moms are trying so hard in the NICU to pump their own milk to make sure their baby does have enough. And then to have something like that happen is just tragic.
1: So you mentioned um, how much you love your donors. So here's, here's my next question. If someone in the community wanted to become a donor, what is that process,
2: Dr. Campbell? Thank you for asking that, because I know that's on a lot of moms' minds. And what we generally do is direct them when they have that question to the website, which is milkbanktn.org. Our amazing marketing director, again, Amy Painter, has set it up so there's a pre-screening application that moms can fill out that takes less than five minutes. It's basically asking when her baby was born where she lives, so we have an idea of once she's approved as a donor where to direct her to which depot. But also it asks some questions, some preliminary questions, about medications that moms might be on. It's really sad, but there are mothers that we cannot accept their milk, and it's not because there's anything wrong with their milk. It's fine for them and for their babies. But for these tiny NICU babies that we're serving, there are certain medications that could be dangerous for them. So we can do that with the pre-screening now. If we see a medication pop-up that she says she's taking that we realize is going to mean deferral of her milk, that we would not be able to give it to babies in in our catchment area, if you will, then we can head everything off at the very beginning and not put her through the rest of the process, which is about a 30-minute interview by telephone, then we ask the mother to have some lab work drawn that the milk bank pays for, and we ask her for permission to contact her OB-GYN to get a letter, because occasionally a mom will forget that she's on a certain medicine and she's taken it for a really, really long time, and we often can pick those situations up when we see the OB letter, because that. Questionnaire also asks, what medicines is the mom taking?
1: So you mentioned that a few years ago you had gotten up to 15 of the milk
2: depots. How many do you have now across the state? In the last few months, we have gotten to 16. Oh, wow. And we would love, love, love to have them scattered more throughout the state because it's just a real service for the mothers. Uh, We have asked our depot directors, if at all possible, try to arrange to have the mother call you when she brings the milk and go down and meet her so that she can sign a form saying that she's dropping off 100 ounces or however many. And the depot director then takes the milk up and puts it in the depot freezer. So that means the mom can stay in the car with the toddler, with the baby who may be napping and not have to get out and go and and go into the hospital and get the stroller and get the milk and and have to juggle all those things to deliver the milk. So we're trying to make it as user-friendly as possible. Mm -hmm. From the depot director side, it's actually not very time-consuming at all. It's basically getting a phone call from a mom saying what's a good time for me to come by. They agree on a mutual time when the depot director will be free to be able to go down to the, uh, usually it's down at the drive through place where you drop off patients at the hospital Mm -hmm. and they get it in their vehicle and the depot director comes out there with a cart and picks up the milk and the mom signs how many ounces she's dropping at that visit. And then The depot director takes it in, puts it in the freezer, and logs it in the logbook. And then the depot director is also responsible for monitoring the freezer to make sure that it's staying within limits so that the milk doesn't get too warm and start thawing. And that's basically all it is. Tracy McMahon is our state depot director, and she's actually opening a depot at her house, at her hospital in November. Okay. (laughs) And she has been working on that for several years. So it's not an easy process sometimes to get it through hospital administration. But once it it is through, it's going to be a huge asset for that hospital because it does a couple of things. The first and foremost, it shows the community that that particular hospital is very supportive of breastfeeding and wants healthy babies in Tennessee. And secondly, as I said, it offers a tremendous convenience to the mothers because they're already familiar with the hospital. That's where they're going to have their baby or where they had their babies. And it gives them that rapport that they have with the lactation consultants because most of our depot directors are lactation consultants in hospital settings. We prefer that because it's easier many times to put the freezer on the hospital system to make sure that it doesn't get out of limits on the temperatures. But I will tell you that we do have a 100-ounce minimum for donation, with the exception that if you have a mother who is donating on behalf of a baby that did not survive, so we have a bereaved mother program as well, there is no minimum requirement for bereaved donors. They can send us one syringe full of milk if they wish to do that and to honor their baby.
1: And sometimes that, that is really important for those moms, isn't it, Dr. Campbell?
2: It is. It, it really helps, I think, with the grieving process and to try and help make sense out of a tragedy. We've had moms that pumped for a year after their baby passed away.
1: But how many moms do you have that are, re, that are recurrent donors to the milk bank?
2: That's a super question. I wish I had an answer to that one, too. And I'm, We were concerned during COVID about the, whether the donations would drop off, and they went up to over 150,000 ounces in one year. It was 148,602 ounces. So far, okay. from three hundred and thirty mothers, and several of them, I know, you know, from interviewing some of them, have donated before when they were we were sending the milk to Austin, and they're very excited about the fact that now the Tennessee milk is staying in Tennessee. So far, we also have eleven precious babies that are being honored with bereavement donations. Hmm is an active program, and we have beautiful brochures for that, that we offer to the nurses in the hospitals if they want them for their brief packets for moms. So to answer your question, I I can't really answer it by, it's been going up month by month, but since we opened last November 17, we have distributed 26,228 of the 100-milliliter bottles and 496 of the smaller 50 milliliter bottles, which totals 79,676 ounces of milk, and many NICU babies fed.
1: That is wonderful. That is certainly something to be proud of. I'm very proud for you. We're very excited about it. So, does the milk bank only provide donor milk to facilities, Dr. Campbell? Or is the public also able to benefit from this service?
2: You know, that, that's a question that's very near and dear to both Bruce and my hearts because we're, we would love, love, love to be able to provide milk, especially for moms who have a baby that's high risk even after they are discharged from the hospital. The other Human milk banks have outpatient programs The ones that have the most robust outpatient programs are milk banks that have been in existence 10 years or more. Hmm. And so we don't see that as something we can do right at first because we are still sort of assessing what are the NICU needs for Tennessee. Mm -hmm. We are just kind of meeting those needs right now. So once we grow and are able to look at that more closely We're hoping that we'll be able to have a program for moms at home, but right now, we do not, and that's a disappointment, especially during the the formula crisis recently. Uh, We had so many moms ask if they could get donor milk,
1: but that's in the (laughs) works. That's in the works. Is the Tennessee Milk Bank providing any human milk to other states?
2: No, we're keeping it for Tennessee for right now. We have had some fun situations, though, where we have mothers who've been approved and then either moved to another state or they've been visiting in another state or a mom who's approved in another state, milk bank, and is visiting in Tennessee. (laughs) And so we do have interactive relationships with the other milk banks in that regard. And we also have them as a backup. If we ever cannot meet the needs of our NICUs, we can call on our sister milk banks to help us in those situations. So that's one of the beauties of being a part of Havana not the least of which actually is that we're accredited by them. And so we have very strict standards and they oversee what we're doing. We've already had two accreditation visits Because when you start a milk bank, they visit you before you start it to make certain it's safe. And then they come back six months later. And I'm happy to say that we passed both of those accreditation surveys with flying colors. And those are on-site visits where they come in and they actually watch what you're doing.
1: Knowing you like I do, Dr. Campbell, that doesn't surprise me a bit.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Patty.
1: What ways could our audience support Tennessee's
2: milk bank? read the word number 1 okay tell folks about us if you don't understand what we're doing or you want more information we do welcome visitors we actually designed the milk bank so that there's in the conference room there's a huge wall of windows and you can actually watch what's going on as they're pasteurizing milk or mixing it or whatever and then of course finances if you you know we would love to have grants We've had a couple of grants come in just where folks heard about us and McKee Foods is one where they heard about us through a mother who, who knew about us and they called us up and gave us a check. So there are a lot of giving programs that come around this time of the year, especially at the end of the year that could help us. We do have a budget shortfall. So any help there is Graciously appreciated. We occasionally have need for volunteers. We're pretty well, we're doing pretty well right now with that. Uh, we have moms who are lactation consultants who are screening these mothers doing the 30-minute interviews. And uh, we really, really appreciate them. We obviously wouldn't have a milk bank if we didn't have donor moms, and so we wouldn't have donor moms if we didn't have people to interview them. Any of these roles you can contact us, and we can direct you if you have an interest in any of those areas. We appreciate the community. We want people to know we're here. And, in fact, we have. We can schedule visits if you want to bring a group of people that you work with, and we can give them a tour.
1: So as we wrap up, Dr. Campbell, do you have any final thoughts for our audience?
2: Just that it's been wonderful working in Tennessee. We were kind of at a loss for a while where we were going to land to actually have the facility, and Murfreesboro just opened their arms. Their chamber has been absolutely wonderful helping us, and Murfreesboro, many people may not realize, is the population center and the geographic center of the state, so we really are ideally located to be able to respond to the NICUs around the state. Bruce is pretty frou- proud of the fact that he's our milk uh, deliverer and <laughs> we had several occasions where there were urgent calls for milk. One was during a snowstorm last January where hospital was going to be getting a shipment from out of state actually from Boston and they were concerned that it might not arrive in time and we had the milk ordered to them within an hour and a half. Right in the center of the state. Mm-hmm.
1: Dr. Campbell, thank you again for your time today. This has been very enjoyable and very educational.
2: And it's so more than- visit with you again. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> more than your time, we certainly appreciate the work. Those of us that do work in the NICU and have seen the precious little babies you're trying to take care of can really understand it. So thank you for your work and yes. keep it up. And we look forward to seeing what. Wonderful things the milk bank continues to do.
2: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, presented by TIPQC. TIPQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic, or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T I P Q C.org, and click on Podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team.